Hi everyone, Gary Morris here, back for the fourth official. Now, joining us this evening to preview this Wednesday's big Champions League qualifier at Ibrox uh, between Rangers and Servette is Swiss football expert Craig King. A uh, very warm welcome to the fourth official, Craig. Thanks for having me on, appreciate it. No, a uh, big thank you to you for, for giving up your time to come and speak with us. Now, obviously, we've invited you on to speak about this midweek's uh, Champions League qualifier opponents, uh, Servette, and the type of challenge that they will be looking to provide uh, Rangers as they aim to get through the Champions League qualifiers again this season. Now, I think a few folk would have been surprised, obviously, at Servette getting past uh, Genk and the, the previous qualifying round. Um, how firstly was that result taken in Switzerland? Uh, was it a surprise there as well, or was it something that that maybe people saw as not that big of a shock? No, it was definitely a surprise. You're right. I think most people, maybe the, the most passionate Sabet fan, maybe thought they they had a, a really good chance. But I think most people were realistic and acknowledged. Firstly, that the game, the draw itself against Genk was really difficult, and uh, uh, the match, the two matches were going to be really difficult as well. So it was definitely a surprise, especially in the circumstances where they drew that first leg at home and then went down to ten men within three minutes in Belgium. So not only the result, but the way the team handled that scenario and managed to take it all the way to penalties and achieve such a great result was something that was celebrated not just by fans of the club but Swiss football as a whole because Europe in Europe anyway it's mostly been carried by FC Basel sometimes young boys over the last decade or so and to see other teams like this come in especially on the Champions League stage and deliver such a result is great to see and for Servette it's really kind of the peak of a, a journey that has really seen them in a lot of turmoil since the last title in 1999. They really have been through it for those uh, last 20 years or so. Um, and to have achieved this and be on this stage again is really... Everything now is a bonus for them because, again, I don't think many people expected them to be back here so soon at this level. Yeah, and I think obviously they've got the benefit now of... Obviously, should they not get past Rangers, then they'll drop straight into the Europa League group stages as well, which I think probably for, for a team the size of Servetta is probably where they would see themselves as being able to kind of really try and, and try and achieve something. I think most fans that, that certainly I've seen uh, from a Swiss perspective would be maybe slightly concerned of them if they were actually to finally get through to the, the actual Champions League group stages. I think we'd all got good memories of last season, the the, the hidings that the Rangers took in that stage, uh, going up against teams of the size of, of Liverpool, Napoli and Ajax. So um, given that they've never been at that stage, as uh, is, is the talk in Switzerland, that that would be uh, a stage that would be, be too big for them? Well, I, I think you're exactly right. It actually brings me to the point that at the end of last season, Servet and Lugano were still could finish they could still uh, trade positions on the last day of the season, depending on obviously the results in their respective games. And some Soviet fans that I spoke to were actually content with the idea of finishing in third because that granted them entry into the Euro Europa League playoff 
And if they failed in that, then they were guaranteed European football in the Conference League group stages. Whereas finishing second, it got them in, into the Champions League. But if they had lost in the last round, as many kind of expected they would, then they would have had to play a, Euro- a Europa League qualifier against Olympiacos. And then if they lost that, they would then have a final qualifier to reach the Conference League. So a lot of people were kind of content with the idea of finishing first so that they could get that European football. doesn't matter now because they've guaranteed themselves that in the Europa League by getting past Genk. But yeah, there, there was not really... Everything else now is, is a bonus for them. As I said, they didn't expect that result against Genk and now they've got European football. And as you mentioned, that the Champions League is just... A, it's, an entirely different level now. I think 10 years ago, maybe even later than that, it was uh, earlier than that, it was a stage that the teams were elite that you came up against, but you could still, you know, give them a, a game, you could make it difficult for them, you could get the short result, and you had a, a chance of getting into the last 16. And in, in Switzerland, Basel did it numerous times in the early 2010s, and even before that. But now it's just a different different level altogether. There's just not a chance of competing and I don't think that anyone really wants to see Servet go into a group of, say, Real Madrid and Bayern Munich and teams like this and get destroyed because it, it does nothing for the club. Maybe a great experience playing at that level and against those players, but it also certainly doesn't help the, the coefficient as well, which is actually, funnily enough, in quite direct competition with Scotland as well. Um, So... I think deep down a lot of fans will be quite happy just to, to get into Europa League and test themselves there at a kind of more suitable level. But don't get me wrong, if if they did get through to the Champions League group stage, I think it would be cause for great celebration and um, they would take the reality check later on um, and just take that one on the chin. But um, yeah, I think there's no illusions here of kind of the level that really a lot of clubs are at in, in terms of the Champions League now. Yeah, and um... In terms of kind of survey, obviously getting through Genk, uh, obviously getting them the, the draw with Rangers. Uh, where where do they see themselves in terms of this tie? Obviously, well documented that Rangers have gone through quite a significant rebuild over the course of the summer, whereas Servet seem to have quite a settled squad. So they they albeit they've got a few injuries to some key players at the moment and obviously the suspension um, for, from the, the the player that gets sent off against Genk, uh, Crivelli, who is, is one of their key players as well. So um, how are they feeling about coming up against Rangers at this time in the season? Um, is it something that they, they give themselves a, a puncher's chance against? I think a lot of Servet fans from what I've read about, talked to some fans about, not just this season, but in seasons gone by in, in 2020 when they returned to the European football for the first time in a decade or so, there's always a lot of optimism. There's always a real belief that this team can cause problems for other teams. But again, that game against Genk was one that they were the underdogs in and most people expected them to lose. And then now that victory has definitely led to more optimism. They come up against strangers where they now get to enjoy a free shot essentially because they're playing such a big team, going to Ibrox, fantastic atmosphere there, that will intimidate an atmosphere. Again, it's just kind of reward for for what they were able um, to achieve there. Do I think fans believe they have a chance? Probably. I think there'll be that optimism, as I said, 
that they can if they can keep it tight at Ibrox and go back to Geneva where they have a, a pretty strong record and where they probably will be a bit more expansive, they can cause Rangers a lot of problems. And again, the result of the weekend for Rangers is probably going to probably has led to more uh, belief that they can do something here because they're they're unbeaten so far, so bet. But again, they've not really had a fantastic start in the sense that they've only won one game in 90 minutes. So it's going to be a really interesting tie in that regard. But I do think there's belief they can cause Rangers problems. But again, I, I think it's similar to Genk that most fans will see themselves as the underdog here and that they'll probably go out. And and is that, uh, obviously from someone that, that's seen a lot of Servette over the last couple of years, is that a, a kind of role that suits Servette in terms of being the underdog? Obviously, not being the, the established name like Silva, a young boys or a, or a, a Basel, then they were kind of bubbling under the surface a little bit. So is that something that they they tend to enjoy that sort of role of not having a great deal of expectation behind them and, and that's where they can maybe overachieve? I would say so. I think that game against Genk probably suited them and because they were the underdog. And um, again, this is a team that's been through a lot over the last, since they won that last title, there's a 17th title in 1999. They've been down in the third division because of financial issues. They came back up and then they were down again in the third tier in 2015 and then they worked their way back up, promoted in 2019 back to the top flight. And they've just kind of been steadily doing a lot of great work. They've got themselves on a steady financial footing. They've got a proper good owner in charge now compared to the, the previous owners of the past where it worked out like a lot of these scenarios go where they were promised great things and it never worked out and the club was left in a bit of a, a state because of it. Um, so they're in a good place now and they've worked their way up into finishing runners-up for the first time in a long time in Switzerland. And it's just it's the, the pinnacle of a journey that that's really, as I said, been going, going on for really 20-odd years. So I think this, this suits them. I think there's enjoyment about the fact that they're now kind of flying the flag for Switzerland. We've had so many years where it's been other teams like Basel, like Young Boys, and for Servette to be making waves in Europe, to have secured a tie as big as this, to have beaten a team as seasoned in Europe as Genk. It's all really just great stuff for the club, great exposure and a testament to everything they've done over the last uh, eight years or so. Now, Rangers fans of a, a certain vintage like myself will go back to having nightmares about the, the past when Rangers came up against Grasshopper Zurich um, in, in the Champions League um, a couple of decades ago. Um, in terms of the style of Servet, the way they play, uh, is there sort of any thing that we can take from the fact that Rangers played young boys relatively recently in the Europa League, or are Servet a, a slightly different proposition in terms of the, the way that they look to, to kind of play their football? Certainly, from what I've seen, they seem to be a bit more resolute, a bit more dogged, and certainly not quite as swashbuckling as certainly young boys were on, on that evening. It's really interesting because when Rangers played Grasshoppers, for example, Grasshoppers were one of the, the leading sides in Switzerland. When they played Young Boys a few years ago, Young Boys were, were champions. But this is kind of a step below that. Servette are kind of just on the periphery of that because Young Boys 
are so dominant, you know, they, they won the title by quite a lot of points last year, well ahead, uh, and they have won so many titles over the last few years that it's young boys at such a level and then it's everyone else. And I think it's also important to look at last season. They finished Servette with 53 goals, which was the fifth highest in the league, which for a second-place team isn't fantastic. It was the lowest goal scored since Grasshoppers in 2013 for a second-place team. And um, yeah, the fewest points, only Basel in 2021. It scored fewer points than them as, as a second-place team. So it's interesting that I, I feel like the Swiss league table generally with Basel being more of a mid-table side now, it's really taken on a different outlook than it has for a long time. We're so used to seeing Basel young boys first and second and maybe a team like FC Zurich kind of upsetting things there. So Servette are kind of not on the level of some of these teams that Rangers played in the past, Swiss teams. Or even when Basel played in Europe, they're always seen as like the premier Swiss uh, club. And it's not for Servette. They're kind of, to me, they're in a, at a Champions League level when they're kind of like a, a Europa League or Europa Conference League team. And um, yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see how, how that pans out. And just on the way that they play, they've it's, it's new. Uh, their, their style of play is quite new this season because we've got a new manager, Rennie Weiler, came in, replaced Alan Geiger, who had been there for since 2018. And we're still kind of learning about the team, but he seems to be more uh, risk-taking, high-press than what Geiger was in the past. I mentioned last season that they didn't score a lot of goals, didn't score a lot of points. The style was certainly effective, but it wasn't really what a lot of fans were hoping for. There was some frustration there, and I think fans are enjoying this new style. They were a bit more conservative in that game against Genk. They, they parked the bus, essentially, because of that red card after three minutes, but they have been a lot more attack-minded in the league, and they've scored in every game so far, but by the same token, they've also conceded in every game as well. They've only won one game. So it's very early days to see how this team and how this formation and style is going to pan out long term. There's a lot of positives you can take so far in the sense that they've, they've ground out these results against Genk and, as I say, scoring a lot of goals and maybe they didn't in the past. They only scored maybe three in their first uh, five games last season when they scored nine this season. So... There's a lot of pros and cons to it so far. I don't know how that will settle down as we progress further. But again, it's going to be interesting to see how they line up at Ibrox because this is a big European away tie. They're coming in as underdogs. Similar to Genk, they were underdogs away from home. But we don't really know how they were going to set up there because that red card happened after three minutes. They may have parked the bus anyway, but they, they were forced to because of that red card. So it's going to be want to watch to see how they actually line up against Rangers and uh, formation style-wise. I think, at least at home, they'll be a lot more expansive and they'll try and keep it tight in that first leg so that they can really have a go in the second leg and yeah. and try and cause the upset. And in terms of, obviously, Rangers' result at the weekend down at Kilmarnock, where they showed a real problem at trying to break the, the kind of low block of, of Kilmarnock that, that they managed to place a lot of bodies certainly in the, the kind of central area and uh, it's well known that, that Rangers uh, summer recruitment uh, that they've basically brought in a lot of players that are 
quite technically minded, but we're not playing with a, a great deal of width, certainly through our pre-season friendlies and certainly the game at Kilmarnock at the weekend. So are Servette quite well set to be able to handle that type of, of game plan or, or are they someone that could be get, got out from the wings, for example? I think that they're definitely there to be got at at times. I think the amount of goals they've conceded so far, alongside the goals they've scored, is, is kind of a red flag, flag so far. And going somewhere like Ibrox, where it's going to be an intimidating, difficult atmosphere for a relatively inexperienced squad at this level and a squad that uh, has players in it that has been there on that journey from the Challenge League. It's a totally different step up, but they've equipped themselves well so far, especially in that game against Genk. I think they would have taken some real pointers from the game at the weekend against Kilmarnock. I don't know if that will play into the, the way they set up or if they'll try and kind of just frustrate Rangers. But the key thing for me is they showed in that game against Genk that even though they were they were really sat deep and made it difficult, hard to break down, they still managed to find two goals, two equalisers when they needed it. So that's a real positive for them as well. And I think that's something that Rangers should be wary of. Okay. But I think in this sort of game, this sort of atmosphere, it's going to be the biggest test of Servette's season so far to see how they adapt to that. Because Genk, again, a difficult away venue, a seasoned European team in Genk, but it was far from sold out. It wasn't an intimidating atmosphere. It's going to be a lot more difficult, I would believe, at Ibrox. And it, it will be interesting to see how those players adapt to that, especially players that, as I said, haven't really played at a level like this. Some played in the Europa League against uh, Molda and some other teams in the qualifiers, but this is probably Servette's biggest game at this level of football for many, many years. Okay, and in terms of those players, uh, give, give us a couple to, to look out for. Obviously, uh, the Genk game, um, the, it was uh, the striker Bedier who, who got the the kind of second goal in that game, and he seems to be in a little bit of form. He obviously got the goal uh, as well, the kind of top scorer in the league for for Servette this season. So, um, what type of player is Betty? Uh, given obviously Rangers have struggled at the back so far this season, um, what do we need to watch out for from from him? Yeah, I think he's going to be the main danger man for Servette, especially with Angel Crivelli suspended after that red card. But he's had a fantastic start to the season, uh, four goals and five. He scored in that second leg against Genk. He's also got an assist to his name, scored 12 goals last season, and he's really became a key player for them. So, yeah, he's going to be one that's going to be a real handful for the defence. He's big, he's strong, uh, quite fast as well, and a decent finisher. So he's going to be the main danger man there. I mentioned Crivelli. He's not playing, of course, at least in the first leg. I'm not sure if that suspension also carries over to the second, but he doesn't score a lot of goals, but he would have been a real handful as well, which is a good thing for Rangers that he isn't involved. We've also got Miroslav Stavanovic. He's probably going to be out in this, pretty certain he's out in this first leg, not sure about the second leg, but he's a real creative force that's also going to be missing. He set a record for Super League assists with 21 assists in the 2021-22 season. And again, last season, he, he hit his best goals tally of nine. He assisted eight goals as well. And he's a big miss. So I would actually say there's more kind of key players missing that are important than otherwise. But you've also got uh, Timothy Cognat, who he was 
contributed to all the goals last week. And he's a player that's been there in the Challenge League and came up. So he really excelled when he's coming into this level for the first time, really. And that's promising. So you've got a player there that has adapted. And again, that was only really one of those two games so far. It's Again, it's going to be interesting to see if they uh, maintain that. But it's promising so far that the players that have really laid everything on the line for the club are real determined, team spirit, and they've excelled so far. But again, this is a different different atmosphere, different game, and I would hope that they'd be able to again here. Yep, and in terms of their kind of big summer signings that they brought in, the centre-back uh, Gwen. Uh, apologies if I've muddled that pronunciation, but he's came in from Eintracht uh, Frankfurt uh, on loan. Um, it's see someone that, that's likely to, to play at Ibrox on, on Wednesday night. Um, seems to be a, a big kind of commanding kind of central defender, and was that a position that Servette really needed to, to try and fill? I would say so, yeah, because... Defensively, they've they've had a kind of settled defence, but they they had a lot of shuffling around with uh, Gail Quisha leaving at left back and things like that. So they've they brought players in there. Um, so yeah, I think he's going to be an important player for them this season. I'm not sure if he's going to start at Ibrox. Um, if he's he's fully fit, then I'm pretty sure he will. But um, yeah, he's a, he's a player that's going to be important for them this season. And I think when you sign someone from Frankfurt, even uh, on loan, you're going to um, have to make use of them. They're going to have to be a big player for you. So, yeah, again, he could be a pivotal over these two legs. And he, much like against Genk, this defence is going to have to stand up at times. None more so than at Ibrox. I think that's going to be their real, real test. Of course, they're going to be under pressure in Geneva as well, I'd imagine. But Ibrox in that atmosphere, as I, as I mentioned before, that it's going to really be a big test for them. Yep. And talk to us a little bit about Servet at home and the type of atmosphere in Geneva that, that's likely to kind of get Root Rangers uh, in a week's time for that return leg. Um, it's not a stadium that I'm familiar with, but what sort of atmosphere do, do the home fans provide for, for Servet at home? So Servet typically haven't had big attendances over the years. Generally, the stadium holds around 30,000 and it, it's not... Full, well, it's never really full. Um, it's a bit too big for for the team for the the city as well. And generally, there had been a lot of kind of apathy about the team over the years because they went through all those different owners and false promises and almost a kind of shame about how things had gone, where they just kept running into financial problems and kind of shady business and dropping down the divisions. And it's been a real rebuild of the club itself but also kind of that relationship with the fans and generally that they're, they're bringing them back again this game next week is going to be the first at the Stade de Genève that is sold out for 20 years they sold it out on the opening day against Young Boys back in 2003 and it's never been sold out since which is really incredible I, I didn't even know that stat before uh, I read it during the week there and I could hardly believe it but it's going to be an a great atmosphere because they've got a great fan base in terms of the ones that have turned up, even when the attendances have been smaller, they always create a great noise. And I think it's going to be really hostile for Rangers, especially if the game is still tight after that first leg. And it will be great to see the stadium full again. I think it's something that the club deserves after all this time, after all those those issues. And it's just going to be a, a great occasion, whatever happens for, for the team and the fans. 
Okay, no, perfect. No, I really appreciate you you can come coming on and speaking to us about Sylvette. I would be remiss not to mention the the other Swiss teams uh, in European competition, um, especially uh, as there is uh, another Scottish interest in there as well. So um, let's just touch on that very, very briefly before we round up uh, this show. But what's everyone's thinking with regards to the rest of the, the Swiss teams in Europe this season? Oh yeah, young boys have got a, a match against uh, Slovan Bratislava or Maccabi Haifa, so that'll be not the toughest game they could have got compared to some of them that were there. They can't wear up in other teams, but obviously still a difficult tie. But I think they should fancy themselves to go through. As for the rest, I'm not convinced that they're going to uh, progress. We've already lost Basel in kind of embarrassing circumstances to Togo of Kazakhstan. Luzerne, they have Hibs, that Scottish interest that you, you mentioned, that, yeah. that probably make Luzerne favourites for that. They're, they've got a different mentality now in Europe under uh, their current manager, and they showed that to defeat Jure uh, Garden of Sweden last season, uh, last week, sorry, when they, they've had a really terrible record in Europe over the years. So that was great to see, but they're going to run into Aston Villa if they do progress, so I don't see them going much further. Lugano also have a chance, but they're going to face a difficult game as well. So we are guaranteed three teams in Europe, which is a fantastic thing. It's kind of annoying that Basel, who aren't, who have been a constant in Europe, semi-finalists in the Conference League last year, aren't going to make that a fourth when you would expect them to. But yeah, it's always good to have as many teams as possible and three is a, a good number to have heading into this season, whatever happens elsewhere. Yeah, and what sort of challenge will will uh, Lucerne provide for for Hibs? Uh, obviously, uh, Hibs had that really embarrassing result against uh, the team from Andorra. Uh, they managed to turn it round in that second leg, but they're a team who lost three two at the weekend uh, against St Mirren. That they seem to be hemorrhaging goals at the moment, so that must give Lucerne uh, a bit of a bit of hope in that one that they can get through to that. What does look at a kind of plum tie uh, against Aston Villa? Yeah, you know, that it's probably the, the goals that Hibs have conceded and that defeat uh, in Andorra a couple of weeks ago that gives me confidence in Luzerne. Luzerne haven't been perfect, of course. They, they've conceded a lot of goals themselves. They conceded in both legs against Jurgarden, but that was a really, really difficult tie against a team that had reached the knockout stages of the Conference League, topped their group last season. So it gives me a lot of belief in that team that they can they have a different mentality now and that they can achieve good things in Europe. Aston Villa would be a step too far, of course, I would imagine. But I do think they can they can really uh, turn Hibs over here. It won't be easy, of course, but I think they can advance. I think their biggest problem, perhaps, is if they can keep keep the head overall, because there was a spells in that game against the Swedish, op- Swedish opposition where there was some bookings, silly fills, and they had to kind of ride things out. But overall, they did, did really well. And I think that with Hibs kind of uncertain as they are, I think Ozan have a real chance there to progress. Um, but it's going to be a, a tight game as well. But it really probably benefits Ozan a lot, much like the last leg that the, the next game is in, is at home. Yeah, and they've also got uh, Max Meyer, who people may be yeah. familiar with from his time at Schalke and uh, a spell at Crystal Palace as well. And he certainly seems to be Lucerne's star man. Yeah, definitely. He had a fantastic season last year, kind of rejuvenated himself at the club and he's 
said himself he's very, very happy there. You know, it doesn't seem like he, he's keen to move back to a bigger league immediately. Maybe that's in the future, but he's kind of found a home at Luzerne. I also want to mention Nardon Jashari, who is a Swiss international, still young. He's kind of a wonder kid at Luzerne. He's had a great season last year. And he's only just back in the team now. He was subject of a lot of transfer speculation outside of Switzerland. And then to Basel, who were really wanting his signature, but Luzerne didn't want to sell him to a, a team in the same division. So he's stayed put and he finally came back into the team last week and he was rested for the weekend game there against St Gallen, as was Max Meyer. So Lozerna really putting all their eggs in this basket to get to get past Hibs. Okay, uh, can't let you go without speaking very, very briefly about uh, a former Rangers player in Cedric Eaton, um, who certainly had a, an outstanding season last year back in, in the Swiss League. Um, hopes for him to rejuvenate his international career now based on how well he, he did last season for young boys after obviously leaving Rangers to come back to Switzerland? Yeah, I think Cedric Eaton kind of had a difficult um, period at Rangers. I think some of the the ways he's been described or as a not very good player essentially is kind of unfair because he came to Rangers at a time where there was a lot of restrictions and all this new country and it it was really difficult, I'd imagine, for him to adapt. And he didn't really seem to get a proper run in the team. He's now back in Switzerland. He's probably a lot more comfortable back in his home country. And he's playing for a, for the top team in the country. So he's really been able to thrive. Last season was was great for him. As for his national team ambitions, I think he'll always be in and around that team. But right now, Switzerland's main strikers are probably Zeki Amdouni, who, who just moved from Basel. He's had a a great season there, especially in Europe, and he excelled in the last international break too. So he's kind of cemented that shot for now. You've also got Breland Bolo, who performed fantastically well last year uh, and, and the international jersey, although he's just picked up quite a serious injury. So there's definitely opportunity for Eton there to play more games for Switzerland and take that chance to become number one striker. He's not really grasped any opportunities had at, at uh, for Switzerland, maybe some games against kind of Minos has he's scored a few goals, but I don't see him being that number one striker, but he's definitely going to be part of the squads and a useful asset for the team. Yeah, he's certainly someone that Rangers fans have got good memories about, even if uh, the spell didn't particularly work for him. Uh, and I'm sure he'll be watching on with great interest, uh, as we all will, uh, at the, the two ties uh, against Servette. Uh, before I let you go, quick prediction. Uh, how, how do you think the, the game on Wednesday at Ibrox is going to go? I think it'll be a difficult game for Rangers. As, as I've mentioned, Servette will make it tricky to break themselves down. They'll, they'll have a a threat on the attack as well and I don't think it'll be easy at all but I think Rangers will win the game I'll say 2-0 and then maybe a draw in the return leg I think that'll also be a very difficult game but I don't think Servette will get beat heavily I think some people from the outside may think that this will be a a kind of easy game for Rangers but I don't think Servette will make it that because they showed that against Genk that they can really cause problems but I think Rangers 
probably will advance in the end up. I can't see Slovak causing any more problems, especially with the players missing as well. But they can be mm. very proud so far of what they've achieved. Okay, big thank you uh, for giving your time to us here at the fourth official to close up a little bit about what comes up this week, a big week in European football for Scottish clubs and, and for Swiss clubs. Uh, where can people uh, see a bit more from you if they want to read a bit more about um, Swiss football and they've enjoyed uh, your contributions to, to this show? Yeah, so you can find me uh, at the handle at Football Swiss EN on Twitter or X as it's now known. Uh, it covers Swiss leagues, as you would imagine, um, all teams. Also, the, the women's league, the women's national team, the men's national team, basically all things Swiss football. So, yeah, if you want to find out more, ask me questions, anything that you would need, then you can just shoot over there and uh, you'll be able to contact me there. Brilliant. Uh, big thank you for your time. And certainly we will look forward to seeing how these games go. Uh, big thank you to everyone for listening to the show here on the 4th Official. I'll be back uh, providing some post-match coverage uh, from the game late on Wednesday evening and look forward to speaking to you then. Until then, goodbye.